From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. So we're officially one week away from Christmas morning, and there's no more time to waste. It's time to get those last-minute gifts, drop those greeting cards in the mail, and finalize your holiday meal. So we want to hear from you today about what's going to be on your Christmas dinner table. From the entree to the sides to a buffet or desserts, let us know what you're preparing for your Christmas meal. And if you need some help with any recipes this holiday season, don't be afraid to join the conversation. The number is one mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Or send an email to food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. So we're officially one week away from Christmas morning, and there's no more time to waste. Time to get those last-minute gifts, drop those greeting cards in the mail, and finalize your holiday meal. We want to hear from you about what's going to be on your Christmas dinner. From the entree to the sides to the buffet of desserts, let us know what you're preparing for your Christmas Day meal. And if you need any help with a recipe this holiday season, don't be afraid to join the conversation. Give us a call. The number is one mpb ring It's one 877 Six seven two seven four six four, or send an email food at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Deborah. Hope that you're doing well this morning. Good morning, Kevin. I am doing absolutely fantastic. Happy to be here with you this morning. So any excitement this weekend? Of course. <laughs> so, you know, my birthday was Friday, Kevin, mm-hmm. and I officially turned, yes, older. <laughs> And I had a fantastic weekend, and I got one of the biggest gifts ever uh, for my birthday. My publishing company released the cover of our cookbook, and the book is entitled Our Delicious Mississippi Life, My Delicious Mississippi Life, and I'm really proud of that. So that was really exciting. I got to hang out with my beautiful daughter and my granddaughter, and tons of friends just loved on me. So it's been a really magical weekend for me, so... And we're going to celebrate until, you know, January 1. It's it's what I do every year. <laughs> and I'm Kevin, when I tell you I'm I'm blessed beyond measures during the course of the weekend with me out and about and, you know, different people taking me out to eat, which was really fantastic because I'm used to cooking. Um, I got to meet some really, really wonderful people. It's just complete strangers that showed up to bless me beyond my wildest dreams. One of those persons, her name is Victoria. And so good morning to you today. And there was this older gentleman named Mr. Howell that just showed up out of nowhere. I'd swear he was an angel if I didn't know any better, Kevin. So that was pretty cool. And I'm just, I don't know, I'm just overly elated. And then I'm here with you this morning at MPB celebrating with some of the most amazing people in the world. So I'm a pretty blessed girl. Well, <clears throat> I um, I entered our annual holiday baking contest at work here, and I won first place. So I was happy to see that. And, well, I uh, don't expect any less from my Monday morning well. man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> And I did say the uh, um, I baked a uh, brown sugar pound cake, and um, sing the song, Kevin. Brown sugar, baby. I'm not sure I know that song. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, and uh, so most of the, I would say more than three-fourths of the cake was eaten, so I thought that was good. But one thing I realized was that I had it on wax paper on the cake plate. Mm-hmm. And I put the uh, glaze on there, and there was apparently so much glaze it kind of soaked under the um, the cake and somewhat adhered the bottom of the cake to to the um, to the wax paper. So some people didn't get the full slice, but um, I, I thought it, it turned out good. Although I was sharing with you before we came on the air, there was a, just a little bit of white sugar, and there was a box of brown sugar. And so the first step was cream, the butter, the shortening, and the sugar. So I did all that, and so I'm putting the eggs in and everything, and. It's getting to the point where you're putting in the flour. And I put in the first bit of flour, and I said, well, what am I supposed to put in the brown sugar? And then I realized they were telling me to put it They cream all the sugar together. Exactly. So it was a little bit late, uh, but it got all blended in there very well. And like I said, I I caught it just in time because uh, I was able to put that in, you know, mix it up, and then continued um, putting in the... The uh, the milk and the flour, and I notice it's interesting that they say you start with, with and the, end with the dry ingredients. Right, right. So that was uh, interesting, and and plus, um, you know, from carrying it over on the cake plate, it, it, um, pound cakes are heavy. I mean, it's 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 no joke that it's at least a pound, uh, weighs <laughs> a pound. So I thought it was very heavy, and then made some uh, cookies over the oh weekend. Oh my gosh, Kevin, these cookies are to die for. They are well, let me say to live for. They are absolutely delicious. Well, thank you. The um, they're little. Some of them got a little crumbly. Uh, it's one of those where you stick a Hershey's Kiss in a peanut butter cookie. Uh, very simple recipe, and uh, they turned out good. Um, I love the fact that you use the giant Hershey's Kisses, uh, and you use real peanut butter. And I stole the cookies. I know they're supposed to. They're supposed to be out in the lobby for everybody to share. So if people are looking for Kevin's cookies, I took them. Okay, they are just that good. This is a great. Uh, thing to add for the holidays. The kids will love it. The adults will love it. It's perfect with coffee or milk, Kevin. And so those are going home with me. (laughs) And I will say uh, Taste of Home is a magazine, but they also have a website. It's a cooking magazine and website and um, have a lot of great cookie recipes. So if you're looking for something uh, last minute to make for the holidays, uh, this would be a great thing because they're very simple. It was um, peanut butter, sugar, uh, cream that together, Add one egg and some vanilla, and that was the cookie. And so then you bake the cookie for about 10 minutes, uh, stuck a Hershey's Kiss in the middle, and the the kiss melts just enough to adhere to the top of the cookie, and then that was it. So that was quite easy to do, and they, I, I did think they did turn out uh, really well. I did use the the real peanut butter that you got to have to stir up every time. You know, I didn't, didn't, didn't skimp at all there. So I mean, you can really taste all the ingredients in this cookie, and it's really moist, Kevin, and the chocolate is fantastic. And speaking of cookies, Dixie Grind, if you're listening this morning, she is the cookie queen, Kevin, in Oxford, Mississippi. They're doing all those Christmas cookies. They're absolutely beautiful. To my friends in Hattiesburg, I want to say good morning to you, David. Thank you for listening to my Aunt Hannah, to people all over the state. I'm just excited today, Kevin. It's Monday, and it's a delicious Monday, too. All right, so you brought in a number of things, so tell us uh, what you brought us in for us today. Well, one of the things that I'm going to do for the Christmas holiday, Kevin, is we're going to switch it up a little bit, and instead of doing traditional dressing, today I brought you guys in a little bit of seafood dressing. It's a really simple recipe, 
and it's loaded with shrimp and crawfish. And if you really want to take that uh, bite over the top, go ahead and add a little andouille sausage in the in the dressing. I mean, it's just quite amazing. The other thing that I brought in uh, was some blackened catfish. Instead of doing, you know, a ham or a turkey, the catfish p- pairs really well with the seafood dressing. And just for an extra treat, I made an old-fashioned rice pudding, Kevin. And it's loaded with pineapples, coconuts, pecans, and almonds, and uh, walnuts. And it's just absolutely yummy. So we're having a great time around here today. Um, uh, It is very delicious, and I'm finishing up my piece here. But, yeah, really crunchy with all the nuts on it and then the... um the pineapple, and I think there's some raisin in there also, is there? No, just no the pineapple. Okay. Yeah, yeah, just the pineapples. And it's just, it's a it's a really wonderful bite. Um, rice pudding is something that my grandmother used to make, Kevin. You know, it's a very old-fashioned dish. And the only thing I did was just jazz it up a little bit. And and the great part about this is, you you know, you cook your rice to the point that it's almost al dente. You want a little bit of bite in it. And then you're going to fold in your uh, crushed pineapples. You're going to add in one cup of coconut. And you're going to add in a half a cup of white chocolate. And you're going to add in one can of sweet condensed milk. You stir that all up. And and then you let it cool off. You're going to add in one egg. And you're going to add in one-fourth cup of flour. You put it in your baking dish. And on top of that, you're going to go ahead and add uh, more coconut, your pecans, and your walnuts and almonds, and then drizzle just a little bit of sweet condensed milk. Pop it in the oven, and it's fabulous. The only ingredient I didn't hear was rice. <laughs> well, yes, Kevin, you know, of course we we know that you're going to put all that yummy stuff in your rice. You are so hilarious. <laughs> uh, we got a call in before the break. It's our buddy Bill from Greenwood on the line. Good morning, Bill. Don't mess uh, hi, with how y'all Bill. Doing? Good morning. Uh, how are you? <laughs> Uh, uh, my mama had a recipe. Her, her, her mama came from England, so she, she had a lot of weird, uh, recipes, but the craziest thing was, uh, Christmas pudding, and she used to make it when I was younger. I don't remember how she made it, but, uh, I found the recipe, but then I lost it, but, uh, uh, I was wondering, do you happen to have a recipe for it, or have you ever tried it? I have. And, um, one thing... You had to, like, simmer it for about five or six hours, and I could never understand why you had to do it so long. But I would like, you know, uh, Miss Rita Hall, she listens to this program. Maybe she might have a recipe for Christmas pudding. Well, I really hope she does, Bill. And if not, we're going to get our producer, Java, to see if he can't trace that down for us. Um, Christmas pudding, I've never tried it before, but it sounds absolutely uh, wonderful. And it does sound like something that would show up on an English table, Kevin. Quite interesting. <laughs> All right, uh, Bill, we'll uh, we'll do some research, see if we can find something. And again, if uh, you're listening this morning and you know a Christmas pudding recipe, uh, give us a call and share it with everyone. So, Bill, uh, thanks for your call. Uh, we're going to need to take a break. When we get back, I believe that we have an interview uh, that uh, Java and or Deborah did. Uh, so we'll get to that and continue the program talking about Christmas dinner. Uh, this is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Back with more after this.
Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking and Friend, uh, Cooking with Honey and Friends. <laughs> um, so last week, uh, Patrick Bradley from Nothing But Smoke uh, brought in a fried turkey. Uh, but after the show, Elise Rose from E&L Barbecue brought in, brought in a smoked turkey. So uh, we're now going to listen to part of that conversation. So, Elise, how are you today? I'm great. How are you, Deborah? I'm fantastic. So we have Elise from E&L Barbecue, one of Mississippi's famous staples. It's a staple in the Jackson community. It is. And we're happy to have you here today. And I'm so excited about this turkey, girl. It's gorgeous. It is. It is. So tell us the process of fixing this turkey because the color is great. I noticed that you've got this nice coating on the outside. Yep. Oh, my gosh. So um, basically, I mean, turkey is one of the simplest and hardest things to do, I believe, um, meat-wise, because, A, you've got such a huge bird. I mean, this is 14 pounds of bird. Um, and then what we do... Um, when we thaw this bird out, we we thaw it in a brine. Um, okay. And so typically for a turkey this size, you need to thaw it out for about three days. Um, and so I like to thaw it out in the brine because that, again, just adds that extra little flavor. Mm -hmm. So I did a brine of uh, salt, um, a little bit of sage, oregano. Um, I'm trying to figure out what else I did in it, and I completely forget. <laughs> a little bit of chili powder, um, just something to give it a little extra flavor. Right. Once it was thawed out, we injected that bad boy. And so that is one of the things that I think people, um, they love to do. They love to inject meat. And so turkey is one of the best things to inject. Um, this is injected with a Creole butter. And then oh, wow. on the outside, yes, on the outside, it's got... Um, just a little bit of seasoning with herbs and spices, salt, pepper, a little bit, again, chili powder, um, and some different herbs in it. So just for our listening audience, yeah. tell us why it's important to do a brine when you're getting ready to do a bird this size. Okay, so um, in any, I suggest anytime you do any type of poultry, um, chicken or turkey, do a brine. Um, brine is so important because if you have ever cooked a turkey breast and you just put seasoning on the outside, when you bite in, you get that nice season on the outside and you bite into a flavorous flavorless almost piece of meat. Um, brining it is going to soak in all of those nice um, flavors and especially the not necessarily the longer you brine it up to a certain point um, you can't really get any more flavor out of a brine mm -hmm. but that is going to seal in that moisture when all that flavor is soaked up and the water is soaked up it's going to help it from uh, drying out during cooking. Um, and especially this size, you cannot, there is no way to put enough seasoning on the outside of this big turkey to make sure that it is flavorful when you bite into it. Absolutely. And one of the things, again, that I love about brining is the fact that you do get this moisture level that you're not going to get if Absolutely. you don't do it. Absolutely. And, and for those people who love that white meat bite, mm -hmm. uh, you do want to still have a really juicy bite. Yep. Brining has a great way of doing that. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, along with adding a, a little bit of salt and sugar. I like to add a little bit of vinegar in my brine yeah, as well yeah. because uh, it will uh, also increase the moisture level in your bird. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, but it will also, if there's anything uh, in flavor-wise that's not in there, it cures it so you don't taste anything, anything except the bird itself. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So tell us what's going on at the restaurant during the holidays. So you guys are selling these? We are selling these beautiful turkeys. And, um, you know, they're about 14, 15 pounds. We handed out samples this last Friday. and You didn't call me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and girl, I posted it on Facebook. <laughs> so uh, we did hand out some samples at the restaurant on Friday. We had rave reviews about the turkey. Um, and even I got there. I didn't get there until 5 o'clock. And so that turkey had been sitting on that warmer all day. I still bit into the juiciest piece of turkey I have ever had in my life. So it is awesome. Um, we are selling these through the holidays. Um, we'll be smoking them, of course, on our, our real pit, um, injecting them with a Creole butter. That's what we have. So it's got some garlic, some onion, some chili powder, a lot of the butter flavor to it. Um, and we're going to be selling them at the restaurant. Um, we'll sell them at Thanksgiving and at Christmas. Now, we are so busy at the restaurant during the holidays that it's kind of been hard for us to get the turkey out there. Um, and so I kind of, when I came back from maternity leave, said we got to put the turkey out there, get it out there, get the samples. So um, we'll be selling it for Christmas. And then next year, we'll sell them again as well for Thanksgiving and Christmas again. Now, speaking of getting back from maternity leave, you have the most beautiful baby. Hey. He's here in the studio yes. with us. He's asleep. I wish everybody could see him. He's so adorable. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I'm really excited about the fact that people will be able to go to the restaurant and um, purchase this turkey. But can you give our uh, listeners an at-home tip? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, like I said, I, I thaw the turkey out in the brine. Now, you do not have to thaw the turkey out in the brine. I do not think that that adds it. With a turkey this big, you're going to need to sit the brine in for hours. It can't just sit in there for 30 minutes to an hour like our wings do at the restaurant. You have to brine this turkey for hours. And so that's what we did. We brined it yesterday for about seven hours. And that's what I would suggest, brining it and then injecting it with the seasoning. Um, and when you inject that um, low and slow, we smoke this turkey. Um, frying a turkey, I love fried turkey, but let me tell you something. This smoked turkey is the best thing I've ever put in my mouth as far as turkey goes. <laughs> and so I love fried turkey, but smoking this turkey because it's low and slow, it's um, it has a lot more time to just meld in those juices. Um, and so that's what I suggest. We did this. I think it was about between 200 and 250 was what our smoker was set out. And it was about, it took about four or five hours, but low and slow is always the good way to go. So for everybody that's listening, of course, you know now that the key word of the day is low and slow. slow. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. At least thank you so much for joining us today, girl. Uh, it's wonderful seeing you. Absolutely. And God bless you and that beautiful baby. <laughs> I just want to eat them up. <laughs> thank you. Thank y'all for having me. You're welcome. All right, that was folks from E&L Barbecue talking about uh, smoked turkey. Sounded really delicious. Uh, I would say, you know, turkey anyway, uh, fried turkey, smoked turkey, the traditional way of in the oven, always good, uh, a great uh, holiday uh, meal to have. And I think that's probably what most people, <clears throat> if not uh, a turkey, maybe a ham or, a, or a, a pork loin, something along those lines, but certainly makes a great holiday meal. And both of the turkeys were absolutely fantastic. Patrick actually fried the turkey. He deep fried the turkey, and it was delicious. And Elise, uh, of course, you know, they smoked the turkey. Both were absolutely juicy and absolutely amazing. And, Kevin, what was really funny is Elise brought her baby into the studio, and he is so adorable. So I did this quick little video, <laughs> and I said I had a baby.
baby. And I posted it and folks from all of the country were calling me going, did you have a baby really? And I was like, okay, so have you really lost your mind already? It's just hilarious. Uh, Bill from Greenwood had called earlier trying to find a recipe for Christmas pudding. Uh, I did a Google search and came up with a number of them. This one is from the Spruce. Won't go through the entire recipe, but to give folks an idea of what uh, Christmas pudding is, if you're not familiar, it is a, a British thing. Let me just read through the uh, ingredient list. And then again, Bill, uh, if you can't find one, uh, just Google uh, uh, Christmas pudding, and you should be able to come up with a number of recipes. But this one... Kevin, you got to read it with a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> Calls for a pound of mixed dried fruit, an ounce of candy peel, mixed varieties, finely chopped, one small apple, uh, a tablespoon of orange zest, a half tablespoon of lemon zest, two tablespoons of orange juice, a tablespoon of lemon juice, four tablespoons of brandy, two ounces of flour, a teaspoon of mixed spice, a half a teaspoon of cinnamon, and this is what makes it British, I think, four ounces of suet, beef or vegetarian shredded, uh, four ounces of brown sugar, four ounces of breadcrumbs, an ounce of almonds, and two large eggs. And suet is... It's like shortening, I think. Uh, all I remember is uh, years ago, um, mm-hmm. uh, David Letterman put himself in a giant suet suit. Yes. <laughs> and then they dropped him in something. I don't remember uh, what it was. What uh, What is suet? What are the substitutes to suet in British food? All right. Let me do a quick uh, search here. Suet is an ingredient in British food that may many shy away from, mainly because they don't know what it is, where they can buy it and what substitutes they are. Firstly, suet is an ingredient that pops up all over the place in both British and Irish food recipes, blah de blah uh, so, so is blah de blah a word? No. <laughs> it's, a, it's a yada, yada, yada. <laughs> all right, so what is suet? Definition, suet is the fat found around the kidney and other organs in animals. It is a saturated fat and used traditionally in pastry, in steamed puddings, and sweet mincemeat. All right, so there you go. So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's similar to shortening. I mean, in purpose would be something similar to a shortening then, I guess. Fantastic, Kevin. So thank you so much, Bill, for calling and asking. And I learned a new word today, Kevin. Suet? No, yada, yada, yada. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> or yada, yada, yada. Either, either one works. <laughs> Um, so, a, uh, we're looking for your phone calls this morning, talking about Christmas dinner. What are the things that you traditionally have? What are your favorite things to eat? Uh, maybe you're trying something new this year, or you need some help coming up with new ideas. Any of those things, give us a call this morning and join the phone conversation. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. Send an email to food at mpbonline.org. Also this morning, our producer Java found six ways to uh, try not to eat, overeat during the holidays. So I thought we could uh, go over some of these He better as not well. come to my house. That's all I was <laughs> Number one says eat healthy most of the time. So make uh, low-calorie choices when you can and don't waste calorie nibbling at home while watching TV. Celebrate only at holiday dinner parties or during a holiday event. Plan your day and uh, even plan for an occasional splurge. So I think that's a good one, you know, you know, especially if you know that you're going to uh, go to parties or something where you've got a lot of food to eat, then, then you know, kind of plan accordingly for the rest of the week. Maybe make sure you're doing extra special to kind of cut down on the calories. Oh, absolutely, Kevin. You know, and, and one of the things that I say to people all the time, you know, is is to, you know, in, enjoy your food, but eat it in moderation. You know, get little bites of everything because usually, especially during the Thanksgiving, Christmas holidays, there's t- tables and tables full of food. If you just get little bites, of, you know, and then maybe just take a walk, 
you know, Mm -hmm. or play some games, you know, do something so that food does not just become this because it's the holidays. It's about loving your friends and your family and hanging out with folk and socializing. So just take little bites of food and, you know, and have fun. And, you know, because one of the things that, you know, of course, at my house, there's tons of food. My mom and my daughter, all of us cook. So there's going to be tons of food, but it's just getting uh, get a smaller plate. That's one of the things to do. And then just put little bites of food on there. Yeah, that's number three. Mind your portions on the list. And I think that's a a good one that uh, I've learned my lesson that way. When uh, I go down to my uh, sister-in-law's house, uh, brother and sister-in-law in in Hattiesburg for holiday meals, she always does such a great job. And there's so much good stuff that I really have learned to, to, again, as you said, take small portions. And this suggestion is... You know, with the healthy stuff, you can take larger portions, but with the uh, indulgent stuff, the high-calorie choices, just take a little bit of a bite because, <clears throat> you know, you're still getting the flavor. Uh, plus, you know, if you if you pig out on the dressing, you know, there's no room left for the sweet potato casserole or, you know, that sort of thing. So there's so many, to me, there's so many good things to eat on a holiday table that if you do limit those portions, you get a little bite of everything and you can uh, please your taste buds for sure. Speaking of holidays, um, Java just gave me a really sweet gift, Kevin, and I just want to read a little bit of this. He gave me a card, and the card says, Thank you, Deborah, for making my first year at MPB very delicious. (laughs) 2018 is going to be even better. Can't wait to see what comes out of your kitchen. Thank you so much, Java. That was fantastic. Um, So what uh, what would you say uh, if if on your Christmas dinner table, if you had to pick one thing, what is your favorite thing to eat? This year, it would be a rich husband. (laughs) (laughs) That's under the Christmas tree. We're we're at the Christmas dinner table right now. (laughs) Oh, gosh, Kevin. Again, this year, Kevin, I'm I'm switching it up. So uh, one of the things, along with uh, doing black and catfish, I'm going to do some uh, candied glaze, cherry candy glaze ribs. They're very mm. pretty to look at. It's taking those ribs and cooking them down really uh, low. And then it's uh, an orange juice and cherry glaze that I, I'm going to finish it off with. And it's really pretty. So it's just taking an opportunity to do something different. My friend David in um, Hattiesburg suggested that we do a, a luau, which I think is fantastic because, again, you know, it's about having fun. You know, people got breaks. The kids are home and you want to be very entertaining. So, you know, take some risk and do some things that you normally wouldn't do. The turkey and the dressing, we love them. But, you know, those you, we want to add some new relatives and friends to the, to the ki- chi- mm-hmm. kitchen menu. All right. Let's get a call in before our next break, and we will talk with William in Wiggins. Good morning, William. Hi, William. I think if you're talking to me in Wiggins, my name is Michael. Michael. Sorry about that. Hi, Michael. <laughs> and I'm a Welshman living in Wiggins, Mississippi. Okay. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yes. And I heard your reference caller in about English Christmas puddings. Well, that's very naughty, you see, because they are British Christmas puddings. Ah. Uh-huh. All right. Remind us again the difference between British and English. Oh, you don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have time. And, and, and when you discuss the Welsh and the English, well, I mean, that is of historic proportions. Anyway, the other thing that your caller said is that when you make them, you simmer them for six hours. Well, that is quite incorrect because um, the Welsh, uh, well, the British, they make them in September. You make, <laughs> your, you make your Christmas pudding in September, and then they mature for four months. Oh, okay. Yes. 
So you can now prepare yourselves in the coming September and doing a program on British Christmas pudding. <laughs> that is right. fantastic. William, thanks for the call. Good to hear from you this morning. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, it must give that brandy time to really soak into everything in there for, what, four months. That's So, so um, there is a, something that one of my clients making is called a friendship uh, bread, Kevin, and it's kind of the same way you, you you just kind of it cures over a period of time. So I'm really interested to see how that. So we might have to try that. Right. We'll have to pretend like it's September and you know have it uh, later on in the year. Is that or we could remember to do it in September? And I'm going to add extra brandy because <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we will continue discussing. Christmas dinner, what's on your table this year? Give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Back with more after this. Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and a state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking about Christmas dinner today, wondering what's going to be on your table and what are your favorite things to eat for Christmas dinner. And also, if you need some suggestions on something uh, maybe a little different to add to your table, give us a call today. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 I wonder if anybody uh, has any traditions of, of uh, Christmas morning breakfast. Anything special that uh, folks might do for that? Because I know when when I was growing up, we used to go to church at midnight on Christmas Eve. And so then we would get home, you know, one o'clock, whatever, and open all the Christmas gifts Mm -hmm. and then go back to bed. And so then getting up on Christmas was almost everyone else was like, oh, and I'm like, nah, we've all done that. (laughs) Bah humbug already, <laughs> Kevin. Terrible. Uh, Christmas breakfast, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's a great thing to do. I was remembering when you were talking, my mother would uh, scare us to pieces so we could go to bed early. I think we had gotten on her nerves, but she would always say, "You got to go to sleep now." And it's usually about six thirty, seven o'clock, and you know, in the evening, she says, "And you got to close your eyes tight because Santa would put ashes in your eyes." <laughs> So if you can imagine saying that to a little kid, four and five years old, and you're squeezing the, the daylights out of your eyes, and then you would go to sleep, of course. And then we would wake up, you know, two or three o'clock in the morning, she'd wake us up, and there would be all these presents under the tree. And it was just a fantastic time. It's funny to me now, because you say to kids, you know, you know, Santa's coming, and he was like, ah, oh, that dude, you know. But it's, it's, it's keeping that magic, and breakfast is one of the ways to do that, Kevin, you know, Keeping it simple, doing things like sweet potato pancakes, 
chocolate pancakes or waffles, you know, uh, adding uh, red velvet uh, pancakes to the menus. Just always wonderful to do those kinds of things during mm-hmm. the holidays. And you get to add a little pecans on top, maybe some coconut or white chocolate. It's just yummy. Now, if I could jump in, my one of my favorite portions is my aunt from Oxford. She always comes down to uh, to my parents' house for the holidays, and she always brings these fruit pies. Mm. So that's how I'm, I only get them like Thanksgiving and Christmas, mm-hmm. filled with peaches and uh, and apples and stuff. So I'm looking forward to those uh, <laughs> to those those pies in the morning in the morning time. And a little thing from my um, from my wife uh, on Christmas morning, they would make them go. Go to sleep because Chris, uh, Santa Claus would come and they had horses, so they would pretend like the reindeer. Oh, <laughs> were, wow! Were outside, were outside the outside the door, <laughs> so look look out the window, see he's here. You got to go to sleep. <laughs> I would That's, much rather have the horses in the ashes. I'm just saying, I'm gonna have to talk to my mom about that. <laughs> uh, one quick story, then we'll go to the the, the phones. Uh, last night I was watching the news and they had a segment at the end of the news with the good news stuff that they usually do. And it was about. Christmas and how everyone was being nice to each other. So there's this one thing where it was a guy who was in the military had come home, so he's dressed up like Santa Claus, and he's got a young son and a young daughter, and he's talking to him, And um, he says, I think they turn around to talk to the mother, and he says to him, well, what do you want for Christmas? And the girl says, I want my daddy to come home. And the little boy says, I want a dirt bike. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously it was him. And they turn around and like, oh, daddy. But I just thought that was so funny because the girl's like, I want daddy to come home. And the boy wants a dirt bike. <laughs> he wants a dirt and like, oh, it's so very typical. There. Uh, our friend Marlou is on the line from Jackson this morning. Hello, Marlou. Hi, Marlou. Guten Morgen. Thank you for my wonderful surprise. I was writing a card, and suddenly I hear Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht. Ah. Thank you so much for playing that for me. All right. Yeah, that's... Uh, may, I, may I ask who sang it? Absolutely. Uh, I'm not sure. Java found that for us, but I don't, I'm not sure what uh, what version that was. So. Well, it is deeply appreciated. You made my day, and have a wonderful Christmas season, all, all right. of you. Thanks, Marlo. Thank you so Good to much, hear from Marlo. You. Um, All right, so we're talking uh, also this morning again. We've got some open phone lines, so if you want to share with us uh, your favorite things to eat uh, for Christmas or some traditions that you have for your Christmas meals, give us a call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. So we've got some tips to try to avoid overeating for the holidays, and I I like that none of these say don't don't eat you know what i mean because to me i think when people go on real restrictive diets like that they tend to stray off of them where uh, you know healthy eating or you know watching what you eat i think is a little bit uh, better advice so we've talked about eating healthy most of the time if you know you're going to go to some parties and things maybe cut back throughout the rest of the week to make sure you don't have too much of a calorie overload we talked about minding portions so eating smaller portions of everything so you get a, a flavor of each thing on the christmas table without overindulging Uh, Also, eat what you love. It says don't waste calories overeating on cookies and junk food, although it says eat what you love, and those are the first (laughs) things. But anyway, uh, I get the idea is uh, save your extra calories for the special foods you enjoy during this time of year, especially if there is a type of dessert uh, that you really, really like and you're someone who maybe tries not to splurge on desserts too often. That would be a good time to have that pot like the pie that uh, Java was talking about. I have a couple of tips too, Kevin. Uh, During the holidays, one of the secrets too of making sure that uh, you don't overeat is to laugh a lot. It's been proven that when you 
uh, you know, laugh a lot, your endorphins go up, your energy level goes up, and you won't be as hungry. Find a grateful list. A lot of times during the holidays, you know, people go into the holidays and they start counting all the things that are wrong. I didn't have enough money. You know, my family's not here. I'm not married. All those things. But it's been proven that more grateful you are, the less food you'll consume because sometimes you're trying to eat the food to fill those spaces. So start writing today. Just start writing you a list. Uh, and every day just add something to it that you're grateful for. And then by the time Christmas comes, you won't be overindulging in the food. You know, I also I like your idea of after Christmas dinner to go out and uh, go on a walk. I mean, uh, hopefully we'll have some chilly weather, uh, maybe not too bad, but if it will be sunny, you know, nothing better than getting out with the family. You're getting some exercise. You're out in the sunshine, and you're burning oh. off those calories. And you will have more energy for the second time around when everybody starts going after those leftovers. And and it's been proven that if you're walking and holding somebody's hand, Kevin, that you not only are happier, but you're also healthier. All so right. hold somebody's hand while you're walking. Got another caller to get to. We say good morning to Amy from Byram. Hello, Amy. Hey, Amy. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. You could be holding their hand to keep them from picking up that fork. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, My husband's family has a couple of traditions, and one of them that uh, we we try to do is uh, fruitcake. And Mm -hmm. his fruitcake, his grandmother's fruitcake recipe calls for quarts of pecans, and you have to mix it in a stock pot with your hands because it is just, a massive amount of, of uh, fruits and stuff. But the the favorite thing that everyone seems to really enjoy is the homemade eggnog. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. And um, we, I don't have the recipe in front of me, but what I do remember is, is that you take a dozen eggs and you separate them. And with the yolks, you put in the sugar and the milk and the whiskey. And then you take especially the, the whiskey, and, <laughs> right? And the egg whites and whip them, and then you stir that into the the egg yolk mixture, mm-hmm. and makes it makes wonderful eggnog. But that's that's in his family, and and uh, I wish I had it in front of me. I would definitely share it. But it, it's a great recipe. All right, Amy. Uh, thank y'all for taking my call. Sure. Amy, thank you. Christmas. Merry Christmas, girl. Uh, and I know our former colleague, uh, Sharita Brent, was a big fan of uh, eggnog. So hopefully she was listening because that did sound like a, a delicious eggnog recipe. Look, Sharita was walking around with the entire eggnog container turned <laughs> up. And I was like, this is just fantastic. I love that girl. But that is hilarious thing to see her with a, a, a carton of eggnog. She, she is not sharing, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> and she'd be drinking it in July if she could. <laughs> Uh, let's take one final break this hour. When we get back, we'll continue talking about uh, Christmas dinner. What do you like to have on your Christmas dinner table? Uh, maybe some traditions that you share during Christmas time. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number, one 672 7464 Back with more after this. Fill every stocking you find. The kids are going to love you so. Leave a toy for Johnny, leave a dog for Mary, leave something pretty for Johnny, and don't forget about Gary. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. 
Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Well, the phone lines lit up while we we're on break, so we've got some calls to get to. We'll start in Mobile with Mikey. Good morning, Mikey. Hey, good morning. Happy uh, holidays, girl. Good morning, ma'am. It's um, it's the world's most pitiful baker, as y'all know. Um, <laughs> and I want to thank you. I might even be able to make. I might even be able to pull off the peanut butter cookies with the Hershey's Kiss thing, you know? Yeah. And the, the pound cake, I'm, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> feeling that adventurous. But the rice pudding sounds fantastic, too. So who knows? I may, You can always, like, well, I don't have a fireplace. My grandmother said she used to, when she made a mistake with something, um, she just put it in the fireplace <laughs> <laughs> uh, before everybody got home. Uh, but... Uh, but uh, also, the British pudding thing, it sounds a whole lot like a fruitcake recipe, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except, except for the suet. And one thing that you mentioned is vegetarian suet. And I'm wondering, what is vegetarian suet, you know? That's um, a unless good... it's vegetable shortening and or butter. And also, the four-month cure time, um, you know, that sounds like fruitcake, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It absolutely does. But you're okay, right. Well, that's a good good question, though. What is vegetarian suet? That That's a... Uh... It's got to be synthetic something or other. But my my favorite, uh, and I just found in my grandmother's handwriting um, uh, a few days ago, um, my favorite dessert, which I will definitely try to make, is a fruit cobbler. Ah, yep. Fruit cobblers and she, are always great. She preferred great. peaches because she could use canned peaches, and we can't really grow them here in this area, of course. So, um, and it's a good time of year to do it. All right, Mikey, uh, good to hear from you. Uh, Happy holidays to you. Thanks for uh, being a part of our show throughout the whole year. Uh, Yeah, cobblers are so delicious. I know our backdoor neighbor when I was in high school and college living in Hattiesburg used to make the best uh, peach cobbler, and she was always very nice to share it with us. So that's uh, Peaches, your apples, your pears, your plums. This time of year, it's perfect. You know, and and they're great to have around the house. You know, and some people still use them traditionally for decorations. You know, baskets of fruit. Well, it's a great way to use some of that fruit so that it just doesn't waste Mm -hmm. is to make pies and cobblers. So absolutely. Let's uh, press on. Next, we're going to go to Port Gibson. Linda has called in today. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I wanted to share my favorite Christmas uh, when I was growing up as a child. Mm -hmm. My mother would tell us, too, you better go to bed, go to sleep, close your eyes. Santa Claus go put uh, ashes in your eyes. I'm glad to know I'm not the only one who got ashes. And I do not know the significance of that. But, it was uh, child abuse, Linda. Oh, uh, I think we went to bed around eight o'clock mm-hmm. with our eyes shut tight, and we woke up at six o'clock in the morning. All right. And uh, we also uh, had uh, my mother would feel little. Uh, bags full of fruits and nuts and oh, everything. yeah. And put them under the tree for all of the, you know, the people that was there. Mm-hmm. We had a house full of company then. And I remember those bags and, you know, it it really brings back, uh, back memories. All right. Linda, thanks yeah. for calling this morning. Uh, good, good to Thank hear from you. Thank you. Happy uh, holidays. Yeah, that's uh, you know I, I, that harkens back. I know um, 
uh, my niece and her husband get have these huge Christmas stockings. I mean, you know, these are and uh, my um, her, her husband always gets. So it's like uh, uh, Smarties and and um, well, I can't think of the other the little fruit chews. I can't think of the names, but anyway, the, and it. But it's amazing how much stuff they can jam in that stocking. So uh, let's press on. Next, we're going to Meridian. Elaine has called in today. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning. Hi, Elaine. Are you with us? And Smarties and. All right, uh, I'm going to put you back on hold. If you would, make sure your radio is turned down so you can talk to us. There is a little bit of a delay. In the meantime, we go to Pat in Princedale. Good morning, Pat. Go ahead, please. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you all doing? Fantastic. Happy holidays to you. What do you have for us today? Well, we are, we're not, I'm cooking for the whole family this year. My folks are getting old. And so instead of doing turkey and ham, I'm going to cook uh, chicken cordon bleu. Oh, wow. And we're going to be doing a Brussels sprouts gratin, which is covered in, in beautiful Gruyere cheese. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make a double serving of buttermilk pull-apart rolls. They're kind of like the old Parker House mm-hmm. rolls. Okay. Uh, a little butter, a little sea salt on top. But uh, I got goosebumps on my arm, Kevin. Do you see that? <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're a little tired of turkey and ham and and. The, done many variations of each so uh, something a little different this year that sounds really wow good. that sounded really yummy thank you so much and merry christmas to you pat thank you guys all right thanks for calling let's uh, continue on uh, we've got now kathleen from osaka good morning kathleen Good morning. Uh, Pat left out his directions to his house. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) We're coming. I just wanted to say something about that suet. In the old days, when they killed a hog, now I don't know how they actually did this because I never killed a hog myself, but when they peeled back the fat, suet, the preferable kind, comes from what they call the first fat. Now, if somebody can explain to me why fat was first or second or third, that would be great. But <laughs> that's what they used to do, take the first fat, and they would render it down, and that would be what the farmer kept, and then they quartered the rest and, you know, did what they usually do, give it away or sell it or give it to the part of the family. But I did never understand why they called it that and where it is. But I'm sure somebody knows. Because it's the first fat they came to. <laughs> no, no, nope, I asked okay. about that. They okay. said it comes from peeling it back from something, and I'm thinking that's what the other listener had talked about. Hmm. All right. But always something to learn from y'all. All right. Thanks, Kathleen, for calling. If uh, we have any suet experts out there that uh, can call in and share with us, we'd certainly appreciate it. Uh, let's uh, let's try Elaine again from Meridian, who called in today. Good morning, Elaine. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. What do you have for us today, Elaine? Well, first of all, let me tell you what the suet is. All right. Um, so the first fat is the best fat when you uh, when you kill a hog you uh, and you first peel the skin off. The first fat is the skin is the fat right underneath the skin. The suet is the fat that's closest to the meat. Okay. And so that's what the suet is. I grew up butchering our own hogs when I was a kid, and oh, wow. um, we always knew. The lard is the fat right underneath the skin, and then that's what you would use to do all the rest of your cooking for the next three or four months. And then the suet is a thicker, stringier fat, and it's next to the meat. Right. 
Okay, that makes sense because then the recipe, I, I think it said that you had to pull apart something with the suet. So, yeah, that makes uh, makes sense with what you're saying. So do you okay. do you happen to know what a vegetarian suet is? Because they kind of mentioned that in the article as well. So, Can you, I mean, say it again. And, uh, Any idea what a veg- vegetarian suet would be? Yeah, I mean, I have no idea unless, um, you know, sometimes, like, when you're rendering corn down and uh, going to use it for oil, Mm-hmm. Um, I would guess that it, it could very well be the suet could be the uh, the skim fat on top. You, yeah, the, it would probably be whatever hat was closest to the oil that um, maybe uh, the one that's closest to the product. Okay. So, like, if you were going to make corn oil, if you were going to render corn down to make corn oil, it would probably have little bitty bits and bit, I mean, just very. Elaine, did we lose you? I believe oh, so. That's too bad. All right. Uh, Elaine, thank you so much for the call. But we appreciate that. That was that was really interesting. And we learned more about suet today. Like I said, the, the only reason I knew about suet was from bird feeders and that stunt that David Letterman uh, pulled on his show many years ago. Uh, got only about a minute or so left. We continue. We'll, we'll uh, finish off our list of uh, ways to avoid overeating on the holidays. <clears throat> so far, we've talked about eating healthy most of the time. Eating what you love. Don't waste your calories on things uh, that you don't particularly like. Uh, mind your portions. Smaller portions work best, especially with the high-calorie items. This one I've heard before, and it's always interesting to me. It says, try eating off of a red plate. Red is a festive color. Red plates certainly go with the season. But new research published in the journal Appetite found that we eat less when eating food on a red plate. Subjects were given pretzels on a red plate, ate significantly less than those given pretzels on a blue or white plate. Well, I'm not a fan of pretzels, so it would have been better to cut the plate. <laughs> so uh, if, uh, if you're looking for a Christmas gift for someone, uh, maybe buy them a set of red plates, and that way they'll, they can... Uh... Or you could buy me a cute red dress, Kevin. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> or a red diamond. I mean, you know, I'm just not going to let you off the hook that easy. <laughs> you can also... Uh... <laughs> Eat more fruits and vegetables. Uh, you know, that, that goes long. Well, a lot of, lot of vegetables and fruits in the holiday season. And the last one on the list is to limit liquid, liquid calories. Um, so, yeah, um, alcohol obviously is high in calories. Sodas tend to be. So, um, you know, have a, a glass of water uh, if, you, uh, if you would do that. And uh, I was about to say that, Kevin. You know, to drink a glass of the water the first thing in the morning before you take anything, have any other intake, will also help you not to be so hungry during the day. If you uh, take a glass of water about 15 or 20 minutes before you eat, you won't eat as much. So those are things to remember. And, of course, we should be drinking water all day. It's just good for you. Also, even, you know, I drink soda, and I've found that if you have a, a glass of water, you don't drink as much soda, which is good, but also, and then you don't have as much carbonation, which sometimes is really what makes me feel uncomfortable after eating too much. It's all that darn carbonation. Merry Christmas, everybody. All right. <laughs> Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, and our call screener today was Michelle McAdoo. For Deborah Hunter, I'm Kevin Farrell, wishing everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Stay tuned. Up next, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio.